<sighs> Welcome back um, to what is effectively a part two of the political podcast that I did earlier this week after the debate. And I got all of my thoughts out about that debate in the span of those 30 minutes where I rambled about uh, basically how terrible the President of the United States conducted himself during that and how unpresidential he seemed and how he was a Nazi. Um, however, the past few days have taken a bunch of interesting turns after that debate and the interpretations of the debate by several new sources are not what I would have expected. And I wanted to sort of talk through what those things were and what happened. So thing number one I wanted to talk about, there were a stream of articles after that debate that effectively said the losers of the debate were the American people, primarily because, in the views of most of the articles I saw, neither of the candidates, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, had conducted themselves in a way that was in any way presidential. Here's the problem with that. So, if you watch the debate, there are instances, there are certainly instances where Joe Biden is in a vacuum where the president of the United States was a perfect human being, and we do not live in that reality, but let's pretend for a moment we did. There were some moments where Joe Biden acted in a way that could be considered rude to this sitting president. Telling him to shut up could be considered rude. Here's the thing, though. Donald Trump was the one doing virtually all of the interrupting who called Joe Biden's son. Well, he, he sidestepped the issue, but he effectively called Joe Biden's son a loser and a sucker and started accusing his other son of cocaine usage. And in that scenario, in a scenario where... You are up against the man, a man who is the president of the United States, who is interrupting everything you say, spewing lies constantly, and not respecting any, and I mean any, of the rules of the debate. Talking well after his two minutes, we're up, need to constantly be reminded of it. How in your right mind do the actions of Donald Trump equate to the actions of Joe Biden? If you're concerned about the candidates being presidential, let me fill you in on an actual fact that everybody seems to be forgetting for some reason. Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. He does not hold public office. He is not, as of this time, a political official. And you know what? I'd, I'd, I think plenty of people would like if he was. I would like if he was. But he's not. He's just a dude who's running for office. And the fact that he once was a vice president 
isn't really all that relevant to the fact that he is a dude that is just running for office. But the president of the United States, who is not respecting the rules in the debates, not respecting the not respecting the guidelines outlined and not respecting his opponent, and frankly, not even looking towards respecting the election. He's the president. He needs to do better. And, you know, I, I know people supported Donald Trump because they liked that he said things as they were and told things like they were or whatever, but he's the... He can't do that. You can't... You can't do that. You, you just can't... When you're holding public office, you can't just tell things like you see them. That's not how any of this works. You are responsible in public office for not only the... for, for yourself. You are responsible for being basically the spokesperson for the entire group you hold public office for. And if you are going to claim that the real losers of the debate were Americans, I have a different proposition for you. Look at the debate from the perspective of any person in another country that is uh, com comparable to the U.S. in terms of its democratic rules and guidelines and how it runs its government. From the perspective of them, not from the perspective of you, that... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Debate is a em tremendously embarrassing representation of the of the entire country, to be quite frank. And you can, if you're going to say that the losers of that debate were Americans. I think you were right in a sense, but the president of the United States and the fact that he was doing the things that he were doing during that debate is despicable. And that's, you, you know, it, to quote Donald Trump talking about the deaths of people, uh, of people dying of coronavirus, it is what it is. And to quote Joe Biden. It is what it is because you are the way you are. And that debate was embarrassing to Americans because of the way Donald Trump is. And there's a hard period on that. But that that was just the first thing that bridges us into our second fun, exciting follow-up that happened as a result of that debate. Um, the Electoral Commission decided they are going to change the debate rules. And they decided they are going to change the debate rules because the president repeatedly violated them. The change they are requesting is that candidates' mics be shut off when they pass the two-minute time span. 
I think that's a tremendous idea. Obviously, um, dumbass in chief took the, took a different, um, well, he, he did what he always does. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. He made this into a political issue, even though it wasn't coming from Joe Biden's camp. He said Joe Biden's camp was specifically requesting that the debate rules got changed because he lost so badly. And we'll get to that point about who, who actually lost the debate in a second. Because there's some data there now to back up what I've actually, what I actually said last debate when I speculated that Trump lost. I said in the last podcast when I speculated that Trump lost. But uh, it's it, it quite simply the situation is ridiculous, and I think. I, I did see, I should note, that some members of Trump's campaign seem to respond that the president would continue to stay involved within the debates and continue to respect the rules, even though they bash these as coming from Joe Biden's camp. So I think this is going to take effect. I think this is going to be a style change that happens in the next debates. So, okay. The point of Americans having lost the debate and the point of the rules getting changed aside, what actually happened as a result of that debate? Well, to be fair, I'll preface this by saying we were two days after that debate happened. However, we are two days after that debate happened and every poll that has come out with amazing consistency shows a slight edge in the direction of Joe Biden in the polls and a slight decrease in how President Trump did during the, on how President Trump was received and how he did. In addition, the only 38% of people actually believed after the debate that Trump won it. Donald Trump, of course, does not live in reality, so he didn't believe that, but whatever. He... And Trump is insisting that he's still in the green. He's still going to win. Even though, you know, he's faking. He's creating doubt in the electoral system just to mess with that. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. So what that polling data says pretty firmly is that this did not end well for Trump. And what we can also see which I think is interesting. And I should note, this is going to be a less reliable metric because it's not looking at the actual polls. It's looking at analyses of analyses of the polls. But if you took a look at 538, which is, those of you that don't know, 538 is Nate Silver's um, website that accurately predicted, very, very accurately predicted um, the election results, I believe in, both 2008 and 2012, and is good for giving indication of who will win the election and typically has very reputable models. Before the debate, Joe Biden had a 78 in 100 chance of winning the election. After the debate, he had an 80 in 100 chance. Before the debate, 
Senate Republicans, Senate Democrats had a 62 in 100 chance of winning the Senate. Democrats had a 62 in 100 chance of winning the Senate. After the debate, Democrats had a 63 in 100 chance. Now, some of that is due to the passage of time between, and the fact that 538's models are pretty dependent on accounting for possibly a change before the election. In fact, that's the only reason Joe Biden is not based essentially close to 100% winning chance is because the amount of time between now and the election. However, what we can see from this is that there's a drop. There's a sharp drop in, well, not drop, but a steady continued drop in how Donald Trump is doing in the polls. And that, I think, is a tremendously good thing. And I, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but at this point, in my opinion, the race between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is not political. It's simply voters deciding whether they or not they want Donald Trump to face indictment. But, anywho. On to the other fun and exciting thing that came up. Um... Trump's comments telling the Proud Boys to stand by resulted in uh, the Proud Boys essentially retweeting uh, Trump's message, seeing that they were validated. And the amount of things that have happened in the past few days because of that is just ridiculous. So uh, an Illinois militia was found that of the Proud Boys that was encouraged by those debate comments that was actually ready to, they were actually gathering weapons and were ready to fight for their president. And that's tremendously messed up and terrifying. The GOP is trying to get Trump to retract his comments and apologize for them and said he most misspoke, but he won't. And he's not going to. Because he didn't misspeak. Donald Trump is a Nazi. I'll, I said that before, I'll say that again. Um, the... There, there's some good news. There, there's some light good news. Uh, Amazon, for example, is not letting um, Trump capitalize on this. They're or not letting anyone capitalize on it. On it, uh, merchandise quoting those words is not being permitted to be sold. And I think at one point Donald Trump's own website tried stand selling the stand up and standby merch, and they ended up taking it down. So that was that was good. It's, it's better than nothing, um, but it's still tremendously, tremendously horrible. And I mean, I said this earlier, when you're holding public office, you cannot tell things like they, you see them. And I don't genuinely believe that when the president said those words to stand up and stand by to the Proud Boys... I don't genuinely believe he foresaw the exact outcome that ended up happening. I don't think he foresaw that they would uh, respond positively to this. I don't think he foresaw that it would actually uh, result in that Illinois militia thing happening. I don't think he was thinking that far ahead. I think he was only thinking in terms of, well, actually, I don't think he was thinking at all. I think he was just reacting in the moment. And to react in the moment with what genuinely was his reaction, which was supporting um, that and supporting them and giving that genuine reaction 
had very bad consequences. And they could have been, to be quite frank, a lot worse. We could have heard about the Illinois militia news a couple of months from now when they actually had fully stocked weapons and not when they started. So my, my point is telling things like he sees them or telling things just using his gut genuine reactions is not appropriate. He's not seeing the implications of what he's doing and he's causing a lot of chaos because of it. So on to, I, I think there, there are two more things I'm going to talk about here. Um, the first of the, and these are less related to the debate, but I think they're still relevant in the wake of the fallout that happened. And there's still things that I think are important to cover. So, well, three things, I suppose. So the first thing uh, was Brad Parscale, um, Trump's former campaign ma manager, was arrested in Florida after threatening to self-harm and taken into authorities. And the Trump family right now seems quite frankly terrified of what Brad Parscale will say and what Brad Parscale will testify about potentially if he's brought to do so by law enforcement regarding the Trump campaign. And I would, I would guess based off of, uh, Trump's tax returns that that maybe has something to do with where the money in the campaign is coming from, but you know, that's just speculation. So we can, uh, we, we can table that one. I'm sure that one story will come more relevant in the coming weeks. And when it does, I'll be back here to talk about it. But the second thing is in reference to coronavirus. So in what I would describe as a fitting bit of karma, um, the president's aide, one of the president's aides, uh, recently was tested positive for coronavirus. And right now they're testing Donald Trump and Melania Trump to see if either of them have it. And this, I mean, Joe said it, pretty concisely what during debates Trump doesn't care about packing the audiences because he's not worried about he's only worried about himself getting coronavirus he's very distant from the crowds unfortunately uh that seems to have failed him his aide who you know I just wager a guess here I don't know where his aide was positioned during each of these events during the rallies he's had since the debate or during the debate itself but I would wager a guess that he was pretty close to other people and because of that his aide ended up, well, pretty close to other people in the rally, not the debate. I think Cleveland connected some good things to prevent that from actually happening. But in any case, uh, he got coronavirus and now the president and Melania are being tested for it. And he, this is just not thinking all over again, because in the simplest way of thinking about it, in his head, he's probably thinking, oh, if I'm far away from these people, I don't run any risk of getting it, but your supporters are not far away from those people. Uh, people like Herman Cain, who, who died because he was at Trump's rally and died because he got coronavirus. And that's something that I really wish was talked about more. Um, pe people die uh, people die around you and people run the risk of dying around you and people run the risk of getting coronavirus around you because you do not think 
about the fact that you could get it from somebody else. You only think about the fact... You, you don't think about the fact that you could get it from somebody that got it from somebody else. You only think one step ahead about getting it from somebody else directly. And because he's not thinking about that, because he's not taking that kind of consideration into account, he's not getting... He's not making the right decisions at these rallies, and he endangered his aide, quite frankly. Um... And his aide has coronavirus, and I wish them a speedy recovery. And now the president of the United States might even have coronavirus. And that's an unforgivable level of clusterfuckery, to be quite frank. That, that's the ultimate in pandemic... It, on the sliding scale of pandemic mismanagement, I'm pretty sure at the top of it is being the figurehead of the country and getting infected with the pandemic and getting people around you infected with the pandemic and getting people killed because of it. That's an atrocious level of incompetence. Yeah, so I, I guess we'll see where that story goes too. And honestly, I hope it goes nowhere. I hope he makes. A, I hope he doesn't get coronavirus. I hope everything continues business as normal, and I hope his stupid fucking mistakes don't end up fucking endangering the lives of other people in this country again and again and again, and the lives of those around him. But, whatever. So finally. And this is fun. This is actually fun, I think. Uh, most people... I, I think of this as a direct consequence to the debate. Trump's approval rating dropped. And, again, what he doesn't seem to realize is when his approval rating drops... Funny thing, people that have dirt on him, people that know about things he's done they're going to be more willing to give up that information and more willing to give up that audio. And he doesn't seem to realize the cascading effect dropping in approval ratings has. He should be caring about that right now, not winning the election. Honestly, his approval ratings doing more damage to him than his own polls are. But... Mel Melania Trump was quoted and recorded on on tape as saying that she doesn't give a fuck about Christmas. Now, if you're a normal human being, you probably don't care about that comment. Problem is, if you're an evangelical Christian Republican, aka literally the only people, aside from actual white supremacist Nazis that Trump's getting support from right now, that's pretty bad. That's, that, that's really bad. The, the, their entire, there's an entire philosophy in, uh, evangelical white Christian groups that Trump is sent by God. I'm not joking about this. This is a genuine f thing that gets circled. Trump is sent by God to save the United States and bring religion back into it. And how is he supposed to do that when his wife is saying, fuck Christmas. And you know what? From my point of view, from the point of view of any sane, rational person, A, that comment means nothing. B, Melania Trump and Donald Trump are not directly connected. The actions of Melania shouldn't impact the op opinion of Trump, and vice versa. But if you're some handmaid's tale, what-craven, crazy, Bible-thumping, evangelical Christian you're not going to like him as much as a result of that. 
And I think that's going to drop his approval rate even further. And I'm... I'd almost say I'm excited to go to see where this goes, but to be quite frank, like everything else in Donald Trump's presidency, anything bad that he does, any decision he makes that is bad has a cascading effect that ripples and hurts others. So I'm going to end today and end put 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 the last straw down hopefully. No, put the last foot down hopefully on commenting on that debate um, with just saying this. And I said this on the other podcast, which uh, I, I do, which bo both Alan and I do, my husband and I do. Um, I said this exact same thing, and I'll say it again on this mini political podcast. And if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, you should probably listen to that as well. Uh, it's, we, we talk about more stuff going on in our lives and other stuff going on in the world, aside from just this endless cyclical hell of talking about Donald Trump that the entire world seems to be in. Um, but I'll say it again here. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, is a narcissist that is dominating the news cycle because he wants to dominate the news cycle. He makes everything about him political. He makes every issue about him. He makes everything that exists in this country that has a problem, a political issue of Democrats versus Republicans. And he does that not because he wants to win the campaign, not because he wants to win the presidency, not for any reason beyond the fact that he is a narcissist and he wants to be the center of attention. If you look at any news source right now, all of the stories about Donald Trump, everything I've said in this podcast and every political podcast that we have done, quite frankly, since we started in March is about Donald Trump and it's about it because that's what the news is right now. He's dominating it. So my advice, he is not as in control of the world or even in control of himself as his dominance in the news cycle suggests. He does not matter. None of the things that I am saying here actually matter in the grand scheme of things. They have implications, but whether Donald Trump picks his nose or shits on Vladimir Putin's chest, none of that matters in the grand scheme of things. Because he does not matter. He might think he matters, but the President of the United States, Donald Trump, does not matter in the grand scope of the world. He is an insignificant blip, and to be quite frank, I think he knows it. So my advice coming off of this is... If you are exhausted by this, and I find fun in it, but I think that's because I like messes, to be quite frank. If you find, if you are exhausted by this, take a break from the President of the United States. Cut him off like a toxic relative, toxic friend, whatever you want to call it. Just take a break from him and let him continue to dig his own shithole. And just move on with your life. Focus on the now, grab a breath of fresh air, and take a deep breath. And that's all I gotta say about it. So, I'll see you guys the next time the President of the United States or anybody makes a giant fucked up mistake that ends up directly impacting and harming the lives of others, because this is the world we live in now. Anyways... 
yeah, um, I'm Justin. You can rate this podcast. Um, you can follow me and my husband, Alan, um, on this and watch our other podcasts as well. Um, rating five stars helps. It helps these podcasts get visibility. And I really like talking about this stuff as much as I hate the fact that I'm stuck in this purgatory of talking about the president of the United States. I do like doing this stuff generally, and I want to continue doing it. And that helps me to be able to continue to do this. So anyways, that's all for now. Have a good night. Spend at least 10 seconds of your day not thinking about, spend at least a few days or at least some time not thinking about the idiot in chief. And that's it. Bye.